0: Well, it's a, such a privilege and a pleasure to be here. And uh, thank you to Vic and Tanya and Mark and Edwina for uh, trusting us uh, to come here and to minister to you. And tonight, as you see, I want to talk about restoring hope in your dreams. Restoring hope in your dreams. Um, so to, to say that we've all been through a tough season over the last two, two and a half years is an understatement. And it affected different people in different ways. And uh, while I was thinking about this and praying for coming here this evening, I was taken back to 1974, 5, 75, uh, when I had to go and do military training, and, uh, as all good, healthy South Africans had to do at that time. And they used to, on a Friday, often take us 20 kilometers outside of town and uh, drop us off with full kit and told us if we got back to camp at 4 o'clock, uh, then we could actually go on pass. We could go off for the weekend. If you didn't make it by 4 o'clock, uh, then you stayed in camp for the weekend. And so off we would go and we'd trundle. But along the way, they would have our officers standing along the way. And <clears throat> you'd go, how much further? Because, you know, no GPS in those days, you just follow. And uh, we would, uh, okay, 10Ks, okay. So the last officer, when he was standing there, he would stand and he would say, it's okay, buddy, you got it, it's 1K to go. But in actual fact, it was 5Ks to go. And he would say, 5Ks, but I think it's 1K. And And some of the guys absolutely just lost it. Because they looked at their watches and they knew, well, we're not going to make camp. And so, and I just want to encourage you, what am I trying to say out of that? Is don't give up. Some guys will just give up, take their backs off, throw them on the ground, and throw tantrums. And uh, if you understand that you're going on pass and now you're not going on pass, it's very difficult. And today I want to ask, allow the Holy Spirit to speak and blow wind into your hearts into your, your lungs tonight. The language of the Holy Spirit is, is of prophecy and dreams and visions. And I want you to dream tonight with me uh, while I'm trying to give this word to you. God wants to encourage you tonight uh, to prophetically envision. And I'm, not, I'm talking about city gates, but I'm also talking about you as your families and where you are as individuals And what is that? Because I know through this COVID thing, some people have just said, I can't do this anymore. Uh, I'm not wearing a mask anymore. I'm not having injections anymore. I'm not taking vaccination. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. And I just said to them, don't give up. Don't give up. The end is in sight. And some of the lessons we had to deal with, as you can hear, I sound just like Vic, sort of. Um, When we came to Canada... Uh, you know that people always say, well, they all speak English there, and they're just like you. Well, not so. You have to inculcate yourself into the culture and to learn the culture. Because if I wanted to plant a South African church, then I would have stayed in South Africa. But God had a plan and a purpose to bring us here for Canada. But what happened over time, and you don't realize because it is so insidious, that uh, over time we realized we allowed the culture to shrink us. Now, the big dreams and the wide dreams that we had when we came here uh they were starting to shrink and then someone just said don't let the shrink culture shrink you it's not there's nothing wrong with canadian culture Let's just, so we are all clear about that it's just different and so we had we had to make the adjustments not the canadians and uh so as we try to make the sometimes we felt oh man we failed we, we're not doing this right we're not getting this right sometimes your dreams, your aspirations they start to wane a little bit and then sometimes they just dry up almost one of our dreams and just to be vulnerable with you, when I came here, when we first came, we came ostensibly to plant a church we were so excited we came to Canada to plant a church and then through some circumstances that didn't happen yet, we were completely fully in God's will and only over time you learn that and you understand that. And when we came and we saw these dreams and these aspirations, and Bridget and I would sit and we'd go, well, what are we going to do with this dream? What are we going to do with that dream? And the Lord spoke some sense into my head and said, take those dreams, pass them up and put them on the shelf. And in my timing, we will take them down and open them and reveal you. And some of you, I think, uh, uh, Corey, or that, no, that other young gentleman, he came up and he said, He's had a long time waiting for these things to happen. And sometimes dreams, there you are, take dreams, take a long time to come to fruition. God doesn't work our way. Uh, You guys know who Ellen Frau is? And uh, we used to go down to the frozen lake. I'm a grown man, my wife's a grown woman, and we would sit at the lake like two babies, and we would cry. And we go, oh God, why did you bring us here? And there was a song that Ellen wrote. We will go for the sake of the lost. We will go for the sake of the cross. And we played that song over and over and over and over and over. And we would ask, "What is our dreams and how are we going to do this?" And it sustained us. In uh, some well-worn scriptures, we're going to look at tonight. The first one is Proverbs twenty-nine, eighteen, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. Without revelation of God's word, without revelation of where the Holy Spirit is guiding and leading you. You know, as, as people, we love to have our own plans. We love to actually say, okay, I want to do this and I want to go there. And you know, it's sometimes all the Lord needs is for you to get off the launching pad so he can guide you. And we thought we were coming out to plant a church. And we were so excited about that. But then God got the launching pad, got us, we got off into the air and coming here. And then the Lord said, I want to show you something. And I'm so glad of what God has done in our lives and in us and through us. And sometimes when we don't have these dreams, we allow our futures, they abandon us and we feel lost. And sometimes, as I've said, there's a long wait. Now, when we get to Jeremiah chapter 29, everybody knows verse 11. And we just quote that, and often we just quote it out of context. Uh, But let's go back to verse 10. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, there you go, long time, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. And then all our favorite verse, for I know the plans I have for you, that declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Now we have to understand that Judah was in disobedience and had become captives, and now the, the prophet is now promising through the Lord that you're going to be in captivity for 70 years. Isn't, would you rather know that or know, not know it and just like, oh, hold on, I'm only 10 now, that's like at 80, maybe I'm going to get this dream, this vision done. Well, we have to understand that they, this is what they were. But in the meantime, if you go back and read before that, the letter from the prophet to the people, he says to them, oh, by the way, While you're in captivity here, while you're in exile, build homes, plant crops, get married, have children, give your woman your your daughters in marriage, and have a wonderful life until you are released. And that's when we get to the verses ten and eleven. God will never ever leave you alone. He was always faithful. Even when we are faithless, he is always faithful. He will never leave us alone. And there's often a waiting period. You know, unfortunately, we live in a society of the click of the button. Click this, click that, click the other, click that thing. And it's all just got to happen like that. And I'm so grateful for technology. Please don't hear me wrong. But when our dreams have taken a beating, when sometimes it's just, you know, there's dryness in your soul and there's sourness in your soul, uh, a barrenness comes into your soul, and I just want to look at number one: broken dreams that bring barrenness in, of a soul. Number one is, and I've just got them all here, and you can see a little downward circles, uh, goody thing. Number one, we lack generosity. We go, yeah, oh, no, I've given all the time. I don't want to do that anymore. I don't feel like I should. In every aspect of our lives. If you go and read in 1 Thessalonians chapter two. Paul says, we were not willing just only to share the gospel with you, but to share our lives with you. And they, they weren't like, you know, smoke machine ministry, where, you know, where's the pastor? And you don't know where the pastor is. And then when the worship is finished and everybody's settling down, he comes out from behind the curtain. And when he's done, he says, amen, and he disappears behind the curtain again. No, no. The Bible says, Paul said, as an apostle, say, we want to share not only the gospel, but our lives with you. We want to be in touch with you. We want to rub shoulders with you. Sometimes it lacks that kind of generosity. And I'm not just talking about finances. I'm talking about our time and in the effort. And uh, Tanya, don't panic. I don't know what's wrong with Sunday school. Every church has the same issue. <laughs> just, I'm just saying. We, pray for, we will pray for you. Number two is when we serve out of duty. You know, we're no longer motivated by passions. You know, like, when we, we first came, we were, like, so excited. We'll do anything. We'll go everywhere. We'll run everything. It was, it was just, I've got to watch the time. Um, we, we I'll forget that story. And uh, <laughs> we, we felt an inner reluctance. You feel a resistance to actually uh, serving. You feel, no, nah, nah, somebody else can do it. You know, Mark, if he's here by himself, he can preach, he can look after the kids, he can open the doors, set the chairs up, he can do everything. But if you can't do it by the as I said earlier, Mark, we're all in trouble. <laughs> but we continue to do so because we feel no choice. And what that happens and that becomes an obligation. Now, if you go and read and study Thessalonians, we will also see that when that becomes an obligation, that's dead works. It is not fulfilling the works that God has for us. So, say, well, God didn't tell me to serve in the kids' church. Well, your pastor is asking you, please would you? <laughs> I endorse that. <laughs> <coughs> Number three, our faith is no longer contagious. When we are spiritually dry, we meet people. There is no refreshness in the vitality of the gospel. There is no the light of... It's there, but it's like dulled a little bit. And the, the relationship... When we meet people and those who don't know Jesus, we want to be salt and light, and we want to infuse them, and we want to touch their lives, and we want them to walk away going, "I thought that guy had a little green glow around him, or that girl, where they were floating like three inches off the ground." We want people to there was there's something different about when they meet you, but when we have barrenness of soul, that dissipates. Number four, God feels distant. Well, God didn't move, God didn't go anywhere. You know, Beth Middler sang that song, uh, From a Distance. Well, God's not from a distance. God is right here in this room right now with us all. Uh, His presence is here. You know, He doesn't hang around here waiting for you to come. Whoever comes in first brings the presence of God with him because we are the living temple of the Holy Spirit. We want to hear Him speak. And some of you might feel, well, I don't really encounter God anymore. I'm not... All I can encourage you to do is press in. Press in. Say, God, I know you're there. Number five, your spiritual life is in a bit of a rut. We lack the excitement we once had in our relationship with God. Our devotional life, our connection to God. Are you still taking the quiet time out? Are you still spending time with the Lord? Are you still going down to the beach? I'm going, good on you, bud. I mean, I'd be mesmerized by the water and the waves and forget why I was there. (laughs) We have a lack of motivation. I don't feel like coming to church. I don't want to come. I don't want to do this. Well, perhaps you should think about the price that Jesus paid and why we're here. We come not because we have to. We come because we want to. Number whatever six, trials cause doubt to increase. When trials are simply daily challenges raise their heads our faith takes a little bit of a beating for it and a tank is empty your faith tank is empty get into worship get i love that new song vic i mean just i mean i just thought man i know what i'm gonna take that song and what we're we gonna do with it today? how are we gonna i'm already like seven steps ahead of myself uh, i need to go and say god is this of you or is this just my clever ideas again Tank is empty, we we need a major overhaul, as it were. You know, I can't deal with this. Well, Allow Holy Spirit to blow, blow some fresh air into your life. Number seven, we lapse into negative thinking. Our filter, our dreams have been so badly scratched, we only see everything in a negative light. You know, in life we meet people, some of them are called VIPs, very important people, and we have some people that are VDPs, very draining people. And then we get VNPs, very negative people. We've got to, we've got to help them. You know, oh, there comes, I don't know all the names of the people, so I'm not going to say any names. <laughs> <laughs> here comes Vic, oh, let me get out of here. No, we want to stand strong in the God. You know what? Those, those are all like, oh, is there any good news in this? Yes, there is. There is good news. Help is on its way, and his name is Jesus. Jesus can come, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, breathe fresh life into your life. Come and touch your life afresh. Re- resurrect those dreams. Restore those dreams that you had. Those, I mean, the, tell me, in tears we took those dreams and put them on the shelf. We didn't forget about them. We didn't, well, and every now and then we got to get one of them and dust it off and unwrap it. And look at this, God. There was blessing in it. Psalm 126 says, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said amongst the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Now we have to understand, I know just in our humanistic mindset, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, Yay! We've got money again. We've got possessions. That has got nothing to do with it. The possessions that are, are being restored, the fortune that are restored are people. People are above everything else. The Israelites had been plundered. They had been taken into captivity. It was during the post-exilic period uh, when the time of Zerubbabel and Ezra, and they were taking their captives back and they used to sing the Song of Ascent as they were on their way up to Jerusalem to send the hills, and then they, they had these three pilgrim festivals they had to go to every year, and they would sing these songs, psalms of ascent as they went on the enjoyers. And they re- had these restored fortunes of the people coming back and the throngs coming back. And I just want to speak of a laugh over city gates right now, that the people, the restored fortunes would return, that this place would get too small for you, that uh, you would need to... I know it's a pain looking for another venue, but... Uh, Well, you got the top there. You're good. They came and they brought that. what they were really saying. Man, this was jaw-dropping time. It was magnificent. We were so glad in our hearts. We came with whoops of delight and excitement. When he called each one of us ahead of time, when he uh, put his seal, the Holy Spirit of seals of salvation, when we came to Jesus upon us, he also knew that there would be time and that he placed dreams inside of us to come out he places that we say well he gives us the desires of our hearts well the desires of our hearts are desires that he places there i don't know if you ever figured that out so i just want to take a little sidebar now and dreaming with peter and we want to say can you imagine dreaming with peter uh, as he was called to from fishing uh, to fishing for men he was defending jesus in the garden he stepped out the boat walked on the water Yet he thwarted all his dreams. He couldn't keep his character in check. He couldn't keep his dreams in check. He was an impulsive character. And, uh, you know, Jesus warns him in Luke twenty-two thirty-three. Peter said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Jesus said to him, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will crow not this day until you deny me three times. No, not me, Lord. I'm man. Do you know who I am? I'm Peter. I'm going to be with you. you know, I took the sword. And, you know, I, I, I can't imagine Jesus' expression when Peter pulled out that sword and cut off the guards ear. <laughs> it's like, what did you do? Now, me, Lord, we have big dreams. We're going to save the world together. And then in Luke chapter 22, verse 61, the Lord turned, looked at Peter, and Peter remembered the saying of the Lord and how he had said to him, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Now, we read that as words in the Bible. Uh, but just the way my brain works, I want you to know what that wept bitterly means. And the Greek for that word is pikros. And what that meant is Peter actually ugly cried. He was wailing and lamenting. And if you've never heard an African mama wail, man, they know how to wail and lament and cry and... It just comes out of their belly and out of their hearts and just... I was sharing a story. You don't mind if I share the story? Oh my word, yeah. We, did anybody see the movie War Horse? Yeah, okay. Well, Bridget didn't want to see it, so we waited for it to come onto Netflix and we watched the Netflix. And she was standing in the living room, ugly crying. Ah! This poor horse. You know, it is horrible. So don't, don't go and see it. But anyway. <laughs> So here's Peter's heart is totally pierced, he's broken, he's, he's lamenting, he's uh, wailing. It's, it's a means of a sharp and piercing wail. And he thought, for, Je- for sure Jesus is through with me. My dreams are done, I'm finished. And sometimes we can feel that way. And sometimes we can lament, and when our dreams appear thwarted, and they're done, and I can't see... The, the, you know, the only light I can see at the end of the tunnel is the train coming at me without brakes. And, but we need to look for the, the true light in Jesus. In John 21.3, he says, Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And they say to him, We'll go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. I just found that so interesting. As, as leaders, we have a responsibility. Now, we're not responsible for people. We're responsible to people. And so our actions, Peter, who was seen as the leader there, he says, well, I'm going fishing. They go, yeah, okay, we're going to come with you. The interesting thing is these guys, these great fishermen, go fishing with him, and they caught nothing. (laughs) They fished all night and caught nothing. You can go read the story. He went back to his dreamless life of just like fishing. That's it. And then the carpenter is sitting on the beach, and he's caught fish. And he's cooking it on the, the fire. And he says to them, this Jesus, of course, he says, children, do you have any fish? Interesting language he uses. You now, you guys, you, you sucked at this. Children, come, come, come let me hear, come have some breakfast with me. You know, the point is that Jesus cares about your dreams. He cares about your aspirations. He cares about what you think, well, it's never going to happen. It's taken so long. It's decades. I don't know. God is calling to us to respond to him and bring hope and life to ourselves. And then in the, the, the angel speaking in Mark chapter 16, verse 7 says, Go tell his disciples and Peter. I love the language again. He's like, oh, just don't forget Peter. Just mention him by name. Tell him, front row, Sunday night, you're there, Peter. We're going to do something. He's mentioned by name. He says, go and tell the disciples and Peter. Bring Peter. Make sure Peter's there. It's resurrection time, for, and I I just feel in my heart tonight. Some of you have had dreams dashed, and you're living in this, I don't know, I don't know if I go forward, I don't know if I go backwards, I don't know if I go left, I don't know if I go right. What do I do, Lord? And I believe that he wants to answer some of that for tonight, and uh, the Holy Spirit come and fill you again. And then he says, just as I told you, you'll be there. And the dream is not dead, it's working out, it's happening. It's just in God's working chamber. And so tonight, again, just through that song, that new song that Vic introduced, you're receiving an invitation from the Father. Have your dreams restored. Jesus will always come alongside you if you let him. He will help you and sort things out. And then just in closing, some helpful strategies to restore hope in your dreams. How do we do that? Well, number one, break the blame game syndrome. It's everybody else's fault. It's not my fault. We want to blame circumstances. We want to blame other people. Uh, it's my wife. It's my husband. It was my parents. How old are you? I'm 52, and you're still blaming your parents. Stop it. You know, Take responsibility <laughs> for your life. When you play the blame game, you deplete yourself. Take ownership of your own spiritual condition and your relationship with God. Number two, recognize your deepest need. And we have to understand that according to Scripture, the answer to spiritual dryness is intimacy with God. I don't have the slide for the Scripture, but uh, Isaiah 44, verse 3. I will pour water on this thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour my Spirit upon your offspring and my blessing on your descendant." If we get close to God, if we press into Him, we will see things change. Now sometimes we cry, I need a break, it's too hard. I've taught Sunday school for three weeks now and I'm exhausted. (laughs) What? Or over COVID, you know, we couldn't gather together, we couldn't and we come back, who's gonna serve I'm sorry, I'm just helping you, Tanya. (laughs) Who's gonna serve in Sunday school? I'm too exhausted to You've sat on your butt for a year, what do you mean? Two years. Two years, yeah, and a bit. I'm not trying to be facetious. <laughs> it's the South African in me. Sorry. <laughs> we need to be genuine and make definite plans to meet the Holy Spirit. Meet God. Let, allow God to meet you where you're at. Don't back down from it. Stop procrastinating. Number three, stop pro- procrastinating. Often when your dreams are fading or faded, we look beyond and say, someday, someday I'll do it. Sometimes I'll do it. I'll fix it when I get to it. I want to encourage you today is the day. I'm waiting for this busy season in my life to be over. It will never be over. <laughs> then I'll have time to spend with God. No, you need to carve out time. If you're too busy doing life you, and you haven't got time for God, you're too busy. Put God first. Reality is that your circumstances might not change that quickly, or too soon. You run the risk from going from dryness to burnout. And then we've got another issue. Take action now. If you if you haven't got an hour, if you haven't got a day, take an hour. If you haven't got an hour, take a moment. Sometimes it's just a moment with Jesus that can restore your soul. <clears throat> Number four: re- reconnect with God. Jesus said in John seven thirty seven, if anyone is thirsty, let him come after me and drink. We need to do whatever it takes to help restore our dreams, bring life to our dreams. Find your happy place where you connect with God. You know, some people, I and, oh, I love to get into bed at night and read His Word. And I'm going, I'm, I'm happy for you. Because by the time I get to the end of the day, to get into bed and read God's Word is like, I'm going to read the same line five times and still not understand it. You uh, know, we get up early in the morning when you're refreshed, and if you're anything like me, I'm a pro, what they call a procaffeinator. I'm just being honest with you. You want me to be authentic? Which means I cannot function until I've had my first cup of coffee. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, find your happy place and connect with God. Ask God to refresh you. Don't just arrive on the scene and go, oh, speak to him. Have a conversation with him. It's called prayer. <laughs> you don't need to bow your head and kneel on the floor. And All we need to do is good morning, Father. Not the guy in the sky. That's irreverent and sacrilege. I'm talking about having a reverence for the heavenly almighty God. And sometimes the best prayers are the simplest prayers. I remember uh, we were going on, a, uh, in South Africa, we were going to uh, Mozambique to go and minister there. And we had a prayer meeting and all the people came, and uh, like you do here, and people came up and we wanted to pray. And this thing, out of the crowd, this 10-year-old kid came up. So you could see the, the pastor leading the meeting, the elder was like, uh, what do we do with living? And he looked at me and I said, give the kid the mark. He gave the kid and he said, Lord Jesus, protect them as they go. And may they have fun. Amen. I'm telling you, the spiritual temperature in the room just lifted like this. Whoop. And people were like, wow, that is amazing. And uh, it's just the simplest prayers sometimes are the best ones. When uh, faced with persecution in the book of Acts, the church knew their greatest need was not uh, circumstances change; It was for a fresh empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Ask God to refresh you. Acts 4.23, when they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and earth and the sea and everything in them. You are mighty. It was Peter and John coming out of jail and they're going, Mighty God, you are sovereign, O oh Lord. They were willing to actually ask afresh. Number six, be transparent and authentic. You know, guys... You can fake it until you think you make it, but it never works well. You know, no, 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 I'm okay. You know, Don't put your hands up. How many if when you lost, don't ask for directions? No, 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 lovey, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. She's, yeah, but we've been lost for the last half an hour. Thank goodness for GPS these days, it helps us. But you know, sometimes I don't want GPS. And I'm just saying to us ask the Father. Great character attributes for us to be transparent and authentic, to reach out, set aside a pride, a pride aside. There's a poem there in there somewhere. Believe it or not, you do need help and support and the wisdom of others. In God's kingdom, being transparent and authentic is not showing weakness, it's showing us strength. Last scripture, I'm just uh, amazed. Uh, again, just listening to the words that have come, the prophetic words, just help build a platform for me to preach off tonight. Ezekiel 37.3 And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. Behold, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. And I will lay sinew upon you and you will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. If you're here tonight and you're going, man, I've just had some dreams that have been dashed and I'm just feeling a little bit dry and I just need the hope and my dreams restored again. Allow Holy Spirit to once again breathe afresh over you and infuse you, bring those dreams to life. You know, they're all locked in there. You might have forgotten some of them. Uh, I was coming in tonight, <laughs> bumped into Mark and we were talking about uh, a situation that happened 2010, somewhere like 2010. And uh, immediately Mark said, "Tum, tum, tum tum." I was like, "Well, I would remember it all. It's all in there. It's locked in there. Allow Holy Spirit to open up and refresh you. Take a deep breath, exhale. Allow Holy Spirit to come in and touch you this morning, this evening. Amen. Amen. Can I pray? Sure. I just, uh, I don't want to make spectacles of anybody, but if anybody feels that, I'm just going to ask you, you can all stand together, or just some of you stand, or whatever, just acknowledging that the Holy Spirit is going to work in your life, and uh, I'm not going to call you to the front, I'm not going to make you do a spiritual dance, but... uh, if you really feel that some of your dreams have been dashed and you want dreams to revive, I'm just going to pray for you right now. Father, we just come to you in the name of your son, Jesus. Lord God, we we thank you for this time together. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are effervescent in touching our lives. Lord God, that uh, we come to you, and Lord, we just bring those dreams, bring them to remembrance. Father, let us not have a dryness of soul. Let us not be barrenness of soul. And Lord God, we ask, and I pray for city gates, Lord God, that as the elders, the dreams that you've placed in their hearts for this church going forward, Lord God, that you would refresh them in that. You would remind them and restore hope in their dreams, Lord God. Father, we pray for families and individuals, and Lord God, we just bring them before you. And we say, Lord, have your way in our lives. Thank you for the dreams in my life. Thank you for those that are still not fulfilled, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, that uh, even as we stand together, Father, as this body of believers, Lord, that you would bring to remembrance for us as a family. Lord God, we ask it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Vic.